You are now listening to the Purpose Edits Podcast. You've got to be willing to be vulnerable. You have to have the ability to self-assess, and not everybody has the ability to self-assess. You don't necessarily have to like sweet to be successful in school. You just have to know how to play the game that's messing it and get through it. Welcome to the Perfect Settings Podcast. This is a short yet powerful conversation designed to help you do three things that can ultimately change the trajectory of your life. One, discover your purpose. Two, walk in your purpose. And three, ultimately fulfill your purpose. I am your host, Coach Vic, and I'm joined as always by my lifelong friend, my brother, the educator, Dr. Shane Calhoun. What up? What up, homie? How you doing? How you doing? Doing good, brother. What's going on? Man, I'm all right, man. It's another day, but it's it's a good day, man. It's been good this week, man. Yeah, I know. Like, um, we didn't record last week. And um, when we came back in this morning, I was editing. And I was like, wow, I haven't done this in a while. And it felt good. You know, like, hey, we get to get back in the groove of the thing. Yeah, recharge. And, and recharge, yeah. So had a had a good little week to recharge the button, the, uh, recharge the batteries and get back to normal. Yeah. Yeah, whatever normal is. Whatever is. the heck normal is. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. People keep pushing for normal and getting back to normal, but I think it's an unrealistic expectation, man, at, at this point. Like, it, it's time for a new norm, and we just got to accept it and keep it moving, keep it pushing. Nonetheless, man, hey, uh, to our listeners, man, we got a real special episode, uh, and I know I probably say that every time we have somebody on the show, uh, but this one's special for a different reason. We got two young men joining us, um, one being my son, the other one being one of his good friends who are currently in college studying to better themselves and, and fulfill their purpose. But the topic today is uh, old school versus new school. So this one's going to be a good one. Um, before we jump into that, I want to want to introduce the guys and let them quickly give an intro. Uh, Mario, you on the phone? Yeah. Hey, tell tell the people a little bit about yourself. So my name is Mario. Obviously, uh, I'm a fourth year in college studying information systems. I'm looking to become a BA after I graduate. So I got about a year and a half left, and I got a minor in IT as well. So I'm figuring it out as time goes, but. That's what I'm working on right now. You said a BA? That's what you're looking to do after school? Yeah. What's that? A business analyst. Business. Oh. So a business analyst is uh, the bridge between IT and business. So when the business comes, the business nowadays use IT to like leverage everything. So say a business wants a certain system they want to use their business we have to take their business logic which is like the business um, rules and all that and implement it within the it mm. so we're the middleman in between the stakeholders and the guys and the different departments depending on what project it may be so if you have like a a financial system that a company wants to implement like a website we have to talk to the, the finance department and talk to the IT department and basically get them talking the same language. So we implement that. Hmm. Oh. I'm, I'm his dad and I didn't even know that. <laughs> it's messed up. I feel, I feel stupid. 
That's all right. He get his genes from his mom. Y'all. It's a it's a new field. It's 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 still developing. It's like it's 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 big, but it's it's a lot big. It's a it's it's more common than like the the bigger companies, and then there are like consultant consultant companies that do it that come in temporarily and they uh, work on different projects that are temporarily for different companies. Hmm. Then I take it back. I don't feel stupid. It's new. Nobody's ever done this before. I, I'm not supposed to know about it. <laughs> <laughs> Joe. Joe, are you with us? Yeah, I'm here. Joe, tell the people a little, little bit about yourself. I got you. Uh, I go by Joe, and um, yeah, I'm studying. Um, I'm also a fourth year as well. So I'm looking forward to graduation this coming May. Should be exciting. Not sure what it's gonna look like. Um, but still excited to um, move on to the next chapter. Um, right now, I'm studying visual communication. Um, my focus is in marketing and management. And um, yeah, I love to create. And uh, right now, I'm I'm studying for the LSAT so that I can get ready for law school. Oh, dope! So yeah. you're you're going. Um, so how does the marketing tie into going into law, and what area of law are you interested in going into? Um, I think. I don't know. People ask me this all the time. I have a little <laughs> bit of a hard time uh, answering this question sometimes because I don't know. It, it works for me. Um, it may not work for somebody else, but it does work for me. And, and like I said, um, I'm, I'm very creative. Uh, I love that, that type of space. Um, I think that it's going to help me fight cases better. Um, mm. I think that um, I think that because I'm able to think outside of the box um, that I'll be able to um, to to give a, a fresh perspective, um, so I'm excited about that. Mm. Um, but in regard to to marketing and, and my focus in college, um, this has been like sort of my playground. Um, I, I didn't have to study anything specific for for law, um, and so I've been able to kind of study what I what I want, and and I've been enjoying it. Um, I've had a couple of internships in marketing, um, and so uh, yeah, things have been well. Yeah. Good. Good. Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. Two two go two guys who are focused on their goals, uh, from what it sounds like. I mean, you you've taken the step of going to college, right? And that's not for everybody, but you all decided that that's the route that you wanted to take uh to invest in your futures. And and that's dope. Um, you know, we we had similar similar routes for ourselves. And so let's 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 before we jump into the the episode, let's take a detour and find out what, what blew Shane's mind. Shane, talk to us. What blew your mind this week? Well, Joe almost actually just hit it. And I'd asked him a question about how does marketing pertain to law? And he was like, I get the question a lot. But one of the things that um, blew my mind this week is people accepting the norm. Like you do things just because you're supposed to do it. Like this is how it's supposed to be done. And we don't question um some of us are afraid to go off the beaten path and, and really challenge ourselves to be different, think different, do different. And, and that's just where I'm at right now is like what blew my mind this week is just how much people are willing to accept and just go with what's normal as opposed to writing a ship and doing, you know what I'm saying? Going yeah. against it. You know, like, like right now we got these young fellas right now and the dream is, okay, you graduate. You go get a job, okay? Then the next step is family. Then the next step is this. And the next step is that. And people just conform to these norms. 
And it's always not a straight line like that. Like, you know, what if, what if my career or my dream or my goal dictates that, hey, I don't get married or I don't get involved till I'm 40. You know, I have kids when I'm 42. You know what I'm saying? We yeah, just conform yeah. to these things. And um, it's just been really, I guess, stressful for me this week as I've been analyzing that around me. Listen, it, it, this young man, my son has... I thought you were talking my, about me for a second. Yeah, no, when I say young, I'm definitely not talking about you. I'm definitely not talking about you when I say young. You just got to listen, old yeah. man. See? That's how you know I wasn't talking to you. Uh, but this young man has helped me to understand that and challenge what I thought was the status quo. Uh, mm. His pursuit for deciding, do I go to college or do I go a different route in order to achieve my career goals? He opened my eyes up to some of the things, the different ways you could still achieve success. And, and it's so perfect that that was what blew your mind and that we have them on the show. Mario, yeah. I, want, I want you to speak to that a little bit, you know, talking about your decision to pursue college versus some of the other routes and why you kind of challenged the, the status quo. Um, oh, Dave. I know for me in my field, they're having an experience internship, just hearing some of the different conversations of the different developers that I worked with, and they were just telling me like, "Yeah, man, I got a um, he's mind you, he's a, a he's coding uh, a mobile app, and he's telling me he's got a degree in political science, hmm. and he's like, I don't use I don't use my degree at all. Like I've taught myself." this and it's just like blows my mind I'm like well if he has a degree in political science and he's still doing IT then then college is the only way and I chose college because I didn't I wasn't sure what I wanted to do you know I wanted to get my feet wet and uh, get internships and experience the classroom uh, the real life world experience and just kind of figure out what do I like and what don't I like. Um, if I would have probably been more sure of what I was going after, I, I probably wouldn't have went to college. Mm. But I'm, I'm so far in that it's like I would be a dummy not to go ahead uh, and finish. I only got a year or two left. So, and if, it's, it's kind of like all about just knowing what you want to do or having an idea of it. Because depending on the field, depends on what route you can take. Because there's yeah. a million and one ways to get into IT. And it's just a matter of more or less having the skill. They're looking for a skill. They're not looking for the paper. So I, as I've been interning, I've been talking to different people. And the political science story was not the first time I heard it. Like, I've heard it over and over. And it was just in different, different um, shapes and forms. So I was like, huh. Like, college isn't the only way. Yeah, and see, that's 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 exactly the thing, and we're not. A lot of us aren't. Joe used a good word, creative enough to find a path, or or to look outside of the box and to think of it, think of it differently. So I, I think it it definitely all works together. Now, Joe, is that who you've been always to kind of do stuff outside of the box or outside of the norm? Yes. Yeah, definitely very much so. I think, um, yeah, I think I've always preferred it that way. Even as a kid, um, 
I always kind of did my own thing. And for me, um, since I guess as far as I can remember, I, I, I'm able to sort of see into the abstract. Um, so a lot of times I see myself places before I'm even there. Um, and so I, for, for me, college was never an option. Um, it always just seemed like the next step. Um, that was my idea of what I thought. Um, like not having, um, <clears throat> not having like a male figure in the house. Um, just, just, just that, that, that alone. Um, not having that like guidance. Like I kind of had to find my own way, right? So, um, I think that for me it was always like, what is your view? What is your idea? Like, what is your like perception of like what this should look like or what this could look like? Um, and so I seen myself on the college campus, and so that's why I went um, because I had already seen it, you know. So it never really felt like a choice or an option; it just felt like the next step. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how it was for me. Yeah. I can feel that, you know, as we talk about old school versus new school, one of the things that I was curious to hear about from you all was what was expected of you in terms of achieving success. And and I'll, I'll kick this off in the sense of it was expected of me in our generation that you go to college and the only ways to get there is probably through sports. It wasn't about getting an academic scholarship. It was you go to college. Why do you go to college? Because you need a degree in order to get a good job, get a family, you know, be able to take care of them, provide for them, right? It's either go to college or you go to the military or you go to the workforce. But now the workforce was seen as a third option that you really didn't want to do. That was for that was for people who just wanted to be average is what was placed on me. But if you want to make something out of yourself, you go do what fewer people were doing. Shane, what about you? What was the expectation for you growing up? Very much so the same. It was, for me, it was, it was really college or bus. Um, my folks, my pops <laughs> specifically, didn't give me no option of military or workforce. Like that, that wasn't the thought. It was, for, for, from a parental standpoint, it was from it was college or bus. For me, I think I will, I'm more so on the lines of Mario where I was thinking about how to create the dollar and how to go out and be creative and find a path, but my pops wasn't having it. Mm-hmm. Now, for you all, uh, you young fellas, your generation, what would you all say is the expectation that was placed on you to succeed, or maybe still you feel like it's placed on you to succeed. I think it's just, I think it's about the same expectation. Is that people are starting to realize, like that, like it's that that same plan isn't always the the going to work out. Mm-hmm. So I see a lot of people like saying, like, well. Um, I'm paying thousands and thousands of dollars and I'm not getting a job. And that's like not, that's not uncommon. Like we hear that all the time. Like, is that something that you, you guys, your generation talks about is like, what's the point of college if you're going to come out with a whole bunch of debt? Yeah. Don't sound so sad. <laughs> I think along with the generation, is it also like like the expectation, like when we was coming up, when you finished school, that was the end of the road. But along with that debt, do y'all feel like a master's is like not even 
an option? I mean, not even like you have to go do that. That's part of the process now for y'all, or is it just still like bachelors and then I have to go to find my way? Masters, masters is starting to become like one of like the new norm. Yeah. Yeah. Bachelors is like your high school diploma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've I've noticed that myself. Um, yeah. Joe, what were you gonna say on that? Oh, I was definitely I was just gonna uh say something similar to what Mario said, just to add that um I think that yeah, the, definitely the bachelors have has become more of like the high school diploma for sure. Um, when it comes to like just being more qualified um to be in these executive positions because um everybody's kind of like trying to climb this like this ladder right um everybody's in this like rat race um and so when it comes to like um having better credentials for these higher positions and being an executive and being in management um you need that master's degree um to kind of solidify that a lot of times can i ask y'all a question yes are y'all nervous? Yeah. Nah. <laughs> you sure? Because y'all sound real buttoned up. Um, no, I'm not nervous. I'm Good. I'm good. We just talking. Okay, okay. I, I mean, I, I haven't heard y'all laugh or snicker or <laughs> even blow up. Okay, so I'm going to transition into the next question just to lighten the mood. We yeah, talking about been, old school. I've been, it, I've been putting it on mute because I ain't want the background. Gotcha. Oh, I've been doing the same thing. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. That makes me feel better. But yeah, light, yeah. I left on mute. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it's me because I'm just feeling like I'm got there in school. So I'm gonna loosen up. <laughs> Let me ask y'all a question. Why y'all jeans so tight? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> okay. So, so for me, um. I don't really wear tight jeans. Okay. But that's not, that's not my thing. Um, yeah. Why y'all generation <laughs> jeans so tight? Um, I think I don't, I, I think every I don't know. I just think everybody wants to like have their like clothes look like they just like fit for them. So ah. I think that's why they like. But then they also like look like they're a little too small for them, so I don't know. <laughs> it's a little, yeah. Let yeah, me tell you the so. story. So, so one summer, Mario, he's in college, he's down here, and he orders some jeans online. And these jeans show up. <laughs> and these <laughs> jeans were so tight, <laughs> he put them on and could not get them off. He had trouble peeling them bad boys off. And I sent them right back too. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, this, this is definitely the wrong. He's just way too tight. Yeah, I don't my, know where them jeans came from. Yeah, if your jeans is in Europe, that's what they that's what they do over there. Now, the sizes was like, I yeah, guess it's a different. Bit, I, I guess for us, it'll be a little bit bigger or something. Mm -hmm. So I wear my same size, but in Europe, and for them, that's small. So it came like real, like real tight. I'm like, oh yeah, I can't even move. Man. Oh yeah, man. I don't know, man. I think that look crazy, especially when it's like a dude that's like bigger, and so he yeah. sees like a thirty-two, but he really wears forty-two. Um, I don't know. That's why. That's why. And community. they high waters. So, like, what's up with these like jeans that um, on the ankles? We we clown dudes in our generation. If, if your do. pants didn't come down to your shoes. And if you didn't have extra pants down there, like my kids, they call them fat pants. But if your pants wasn't long and baggy with a couple different rolls in there, like you was, you was weird. Yeah. 
<laughs> but look though, it's oh, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a show off the kicks though. I mean, I, I like my yeah. a little tight, but like it, it can't be too tight where I can't move or I, where if I bend down, like yeah, to pick up something like it. My yeah. pants gotta be just just tight enough at the, at the waist to where I don't need a belt. Uh, also, like, I can have my kicks that. show off too, but that's what that's what it really be. Just to swap the kicks. I hate well, that. I told y'all, I told y'all, yeah, I don't know. I wear the belt, but like I told y'all earlier, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of artsy, so I actually tailor, tailor the bottom of my pants. Wait, hold on, bottom. partner, did you say Archie? Art. Artsy, like I'm, I'm like creative, Artistic. so like. Oh, oh, artsy, yeah. I was about to say, I thought you said yeah. Archie. I was like, I didn't know that term, so you're going to have to put me on game. Okay, so you're, you're artsy, gotcha. Yeah, so like, I, so like, I actually, I actually, um, like, Pin a cuff in the bottom of my pants, like almost like tapered a little bit, mm. um, so that like you can see, like you can kind of like see my sock and my shoe, cause I always have on dope socks too. So yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. I think that like that's a thing. Is like socks. Socks are like a big deal too. I'm mm-hmm. really into socks. Um, yeah, like I really am into socks. Like I can go sock shopping. It's a thing, socks. especially dress socks, because dress socks with the crazy. Yes, yes, exactly. Exactly. Like that. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, nah, I don't know. I'm not. It, I'm not finding common ground yet. I'm not there yet. I still got bones to pick. What's <laughs> up with y'all music? I don't know, man. Have you listened? What, what do you listen to? I don't listen to y'all music, man. I got a bone to pick. I love some of y'all beats, but like the lyrics, like we grew up where. You couldn't be a rap artist if you ain't have some like some lyrics, some bars. But now it seems like if you just find a catchy word and repeat it ten times on the track, good. Some of them have some things to say though. Who? Give me somebody. Lil Dirt. I get into. Uh, I have a guilty pleasure, and my guilty pleasure is the baby. I can't hear you. Hold on. I can't hear you. Can you hear us now? Yeah, I can hear you now. All right. I have a guilty pleasure, and my pleasure is um, listening to the baby. Um, he makes me feel tough, but he's kind of vulgar, and and like he it. sounds yeah. the same on every record. Is he it, talks about how he sounds the same. Is it, <laughs> am I the only one that feels like he's slightly off beat? Like when he raps, like he's not with the beat and how it's going. Is that on purpose? What? What? what help me understand. I think he literally is just like how he's in the videos in the studio. He's like slinging his arms around and like jumping. Yeah, and I think he's it. out of breath and he can't catch the beat. Um, <laughs> I think that the only way he pulls off that tone is is the fact that he's literally throwing himself around in the studio, in the box. And so um, that makes sense. yeah, that's my like little theory. <laughs> yeah, I but think yeah, yeah I, music like is... he slings himself around in the videos, so it makes sense. Huh. I think y'all music is, um, or the music today, because I listen to it too. I think it's hypersexual. I think it's hyperviolent, and I think it all sounds the same. And that was something that that wasn't in our generation. Like you can tell the difference between artists. Like each artist had their own unique sound. Not to mention it was more barsy. They got to the bars back in the day. But nowadays it just feels like there ain't bars, and everybody just sounds the same. Those are valid points. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, think, I think I think it's more or less people are got access to technology and, and everybody think they can do it. 
and they're just like recycling everything and it's like some of it's like good, some of it's not. I don't I don't subscribe to everything, but so who are y'all listening to right yeah, now? Yeah, we do got a, we do got a lot of trash music, but we still got some good music. All right, who are y'all listening to? Who who's on y'all playlist right now? Pop Smoke. I'm okay. Just, I, I feel kind of bad that I didn't really appreciate him as much before, but like I don't know when he, when he did that song with Lil Dirk. That's when I started really listening to him. But um, I don't know. Heard I've heard Pop Smoke. I haven't heard Lil Dirk. Who else? Um, G Herbo. Who? G Herbo. Maybe, maybe it's not the music we need to talk about. Maybe it's these names <laughs> that these artists are calling themselves. Maybe that's <laughs> what we need to discuss. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening with these names? All right. Yeah, that's that's right. funny. <laughs> mm. So yeah, how about the baby, the baby. Yeah, uh, yeah. little like baby, 10, yeah. 10,000 babies. But no, big, big, in our day, it was the little. So there was little this, little Lil that. Wayne, you know, in the 80s, yeah. it was probably big this, big that. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yes, um, it was. And don't get me wrong. We don't believe that every artist in our generation was, was nice. There was trash in ours. There was trash in yours. There's trash in every generation. Yeah. There are some good artists out there. But I'm trying to like what I'm hearing, and I'm having trouble, and I find myself. But you're probably listening to the radio, though. That's what I you don't. Do. I don't. I don't listen to the radio. I don't. Where, where do you consume music the most? And this is this for me. This is like market research. So, like, where are you guys? Because for us, it was CDs and the radio. We didn't have satellite, YouTube, um, all of these Spotify's. We didn't have that. So, how and where do y'all Apple music? Apple, Spotify, Spotify, Apple Music, yeah. That's it. Yep. Okay. Mostly, um, okay. like if you, yeah, like if you, like sometimes, uh, it depends on the song, but like if you're trying to learn some lyrics to a song real quick, you might have to YouTube it real quick to like find the lyrics quicker than you can find it on Apple Music. Gotcha. Like, that's it. Yeah. Gotcha. Because I know, like the other day, I was reading kids listening to music on Audio Mac. And um, there's another one, I, f- I forget the name, but like they're, they're literally consuming music differently. And the other thing about music now is that music is so much more personal because everybody has headphones and everybody has these devices. So now you can tailor your listening to exactly what you want to hear without much, I guess, thought of what everybody else is doing. You know what I'm saying? Like you can go find that record that broken in Washington quite easily because it's all there. Now, I think you need to qualify your background for them. Now, I know your background in music, but they don't. Like my opinion is straight up, unfounded, all subjective. But you actually have an educated opinion on music. I think you should qualify it. Uh, I just, I've been in the industry for a while. I've worked in the music industry for a while and I have a PhD in music. that's it. You know, I'm just a tastemaker. I'm in the licensing now. So like I'm studying, I'm really interested on how the younger generation consumes and what they're consuming. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is a bone to pick, but. Wait, wait, wait. Before you get there, okay. I just thought of some other artists. We got J. Cole. We got um. I like Kendrick. J. Cole. Kendrick, I'm still trying to figure out if I like him or not. 
Well, that those are the bars. Those are the guys that what? get to the bars in your generation. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. He shuts <laughs> it down. <laughs> Who? He shuts Kendrick. Really? You listen to Kendrick. Yeah, I, that's just it. I have like I've listened to a couple of his albums. Just went He's through. Just, he, they, don't get me wrong. He has some good music. But I'm not completely sold on him like I'm sold on J. Cole. And I think it's because J. Cole came on on the tail end of my generation. I was able to, I liked some of J. Cole. So I was listening to J. Cole stuff before y'all probably had cell phones. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. I think this is the thing with Kedrick. I think in our generation, the goal wasn't to be different, although it was more different. Whereas in this generation, I believe the goal is to be different. And in essence. And in essence, they're really not, but they are. But Kendrick is really different compared to everything that's going on. Like right now, I think you got Kendrick, you got um, Drake, you got J. Cole, and they're all in their own space, but they're like here and then everybody else. And mm-hmm. where them everybody else, those are really the guys that really sound alike, if, if I'm not mistaken. Does that resonate with y'all? Yeah, yeah, I can see that. We don't. Have, those are the, those are the, those are the three you usually go to if you talk about bars. Yeah. Mario, I don't think we, we can't hear you, Mario. But yeah, Mario, we can't hear you. But Jay, you're right. Yeah, those are the goats of y'all. I think you know, ten, fifteen years from now, when y'all are doing y'all podcasts with your sons and their best friends, y'all gonna be like, man, these were the guys in our generation. Did you call their podcast sons and their best friends? No, I just said when they're doing podcasts with their sons and their best friends. Oh, I thought you said when y'all doing y'all podcasts called sons so and best friends. First off, I thought that that was dope. You should have just said yes. All right, well, we'll keep that it That would have been a dope show. That's how most uh, things happen is through accidents, man. That's the beauty of creativity. That's you. you absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I tell you a topic I wanted to to dive in with this group is the social injustice and everything that's happening right now. Like, what do you guys? What's your guys' perspective on, you know, the climate in society? Um, man, our country. I think our country is in like such a place where like I feel like nobody really wants to take responsibility for like. Um, the way things are, like, like we don't like. I think that like, um, we as black people don't want to take responsibility for like where we are or or our our role that we contribute. But then like, also, um, white people don't want to take responsibility for um our our reality as well. Mm. Um, and just like all the injustice that we've um been put through, like throughout history um mm. i think that like if everybody took their responsibility uh, or took their yeah like everybody took their responsibility um seriously and like the role that they played um that we have been in a, in a different place and everybody could like shift their perspective and kind of think like not within yourself but step out of yourself um and like look at your community and step out of your community and actually like, I think that, like, unless you go somewhere, you can't really look back and, like, see where where you were and be able to evaluate it unless you step out of it. So, I don't know. Because, like, even when I went out of the country, 
for the first time, like I went out of the country and, and studied in Vietnam. When I was there, like I had a whole different perspective about America mm. being there um, that I would have never had had I not stepped out and been able to look at it from that from that point of view. Um, so they say hindsight is twenty twenty, but um, it just kind of goes into that too. So yeah, that's dope, Joe. That's that's really that's a really really dope perspective. Like I almost got goosebumps seeing you talk about it. What were the differences? You said you was in Vietnam. What 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 were the differences that you observed? Man, it just seemed like for me, it was almost like I had never seen people be so okay with like like it was like it was normal to like get up and go to work and, and it was normal to have a family business mm. like that was normal i was like i was in my head like thinking to myself um like in vietnam often i'm like man what if we could walk down the streets like i'm in chicago so like what if i could walk down the streets in chicago and just like see black family businesses just on a strip hmm. um and like this is crazy part about it is is that you would walk down the street in Vietnam and it was like a street of all bananas. And you had your person that you messed with. And it was like, this lady, all right, I like the way hers are. So like, I'm gonna mess with her. So like, I would just only buy from her. Um, and that's kind of how it was. Like everybody had their own like preference. There was plenty for everybody. Yeah. And like, I don't see that here. I don't see that same attitude. Like the, the fact that we like, have to like fight over Jordans and like it's just like everybody it just seems like there's never enough for everybody mm. um are we are we like don't make it enough for everybody so then it creates this like toxic competition or um, or or exactly you hit it right there or the problem is we're in constant competition so the goal is yeah so the goal is it's it's very selfish and it's it's all about us first I mean, yeah. as a person, me, 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 me. Yeah. yeah. Yep. But what I'm saying is, is that basically, to sum it all up, um, it seems like in America, well, th this is around the world, but I'm saying in America, I learned that um, different, I guess, even even starting in like the community that you grew up in, um, like the hospital that you're birthed in, um, that all, all of those factors um, determine this sort of othering, right? This like idea that like, based on who you are or who you come from, um, will determine which side you're on, right? It creates this othering mm. between society. Hmm. Um, mm. Us versus them. Yeah, yeah, and then and then it goes all the way into households, mm. and then you have little kids who are in competition with their siblings in ways that they shouldn't, and mm. then you're wondering why, why like they're they're in competition with each other the way that they are, um, mm. and it's almost like like you can see like I've seen little kids and they get like vicious, and like they're serious like like no that's mine and it's like that's ours. You know, and it's like um, so aggressive, and like you can see a kid, even like 
at one years old, if they like something, they, they want it and they'll throw a fit. And, and so like these behaviors just become, just carry us into adulthood. Um, and then we have children and our children do the same thing. Um, so I don't know. It's just like, I don't know if we, I guess the question really is, is are we, are we selfish at nature? <laughs> um, huh. but, um, I don't know. That's a whole nother debate. Um, well, so, but, no, it speaks to the accountability part. It yeah. speaks to the accountability part because yeah. um, every yeah. other nationality or or race of people, I don't know exactly, or ethnic group, they come here and they find a way to make it. You know, there's a Chinatown. You know, we know how Jewish people get down. Um, yep. You know, uh, people from, and I hate, I, hate I, I never really figure out how to figure it, but Indian people, they come, they have theirs. But we don't have those things. And the things yeah. that are essential, hospitals, banks, uh, grocery stores, they're, 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 you know what I'm saying? We don't have any of that. And we haven't been able to ac- accumulate anything of that. So it, 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 it goes back to what you said, where there's no accountability. We haven't been allowed to attain these things and create that kind of structure. But at the same time, those that have been fortunate enough aren't doing it enough to kind of create that infrastructure for our community. So yeah. you, you hit it on the nose, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. Like you, you go into the black communities, like you see, you see like in almost every black community, you see a convenience store and it's far and few, um, that are owned by us mm-hmm. <laughs> and our own communities. Um, and we help them run. Yeah. In New York, we call them bodegas. Yeah. 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 What, what say you, Mario? I feel about the social injustice. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, 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 it's crazy, for real, just to see um, everything just unfolding like this. You know, I just, I didn't, I never imagined it coming like this. Um, it's just, it seemed like it's always like we, I've had to work twice as hard, you know, uh, just trying to uh, be a black man, just making sure that um, I'm able to come home at night or I'm able to do something with myself because America portrays this image on us through the media and like the movies and they keep replaying the cycle and the cycle to what people think like that is black mm. um, and it's not but that's the the image that um is put out there so you know i just i just feel like um it's like it's like you start off in the race and you got weights on the back of your shoulder and you then you're trying to carry about carry everybody else with you too so trying to make sure your um your sisters and your brothers and your family are good too so you know it's it's, it's very challenging and i'm i'm glad to see uh, I'm glad to see people um, speaking out and standing up now because I I talk with white people and they and they they kind of like have a have a conversation to where like they feel they want to feel bad and it's like I don't want you to feel bad I want you to uh, see what's wrong and you know try to help not just feel bad all the time or mm. you know. It's like, oh well, like the world's just screwed. Like, 
Um, Do y'all actually feel the weight? Like, is it something that is prevalent that you see and feel on a regular basis? Or is it just, do you believe it's more fed from what you're told? Um, I felt it. I've had, um, I've actually, um, I had a classmate that was racist. Um, and he has said, he's had said, he has said, I like you, Mario. You're not like the other black, black Ooh. people. And I'm like, I'm like, what do you mean other black people? And I, I we, I had to, I corrected him. We was correcting him and educating him all the time. Like he would just explain to me how his family was racist and his mom wasn't as racist, but his dad side of the family was super racist. And he would just uh, say a lot of like racist stuff and micro microaggressions and just, just a lot of like stereotypical stuff, you know, um, black people and watermelon. And we, I had to correct them all the time, though. Let them know that one right. Like, do you? It was just crazy. It was just crazy to see how much hate, um, like that, from because we were in middle school. So mind you, we were in middle school. Mm. So if that's what you like, just me. I'm me in middle school. I'm just thinking like, man, like. This is this is like what you you brought up into like and you think it's okay, um and it's just like as a kid you 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 just follow what you're told, yeah yeah you soak yeah. up what you know yeah hate is taught man so like it, that, it just blew, it just blew my mind that, that was like that's crazy in middle that school that was his thoughts that was his thought process huh? I thought you were talking about something recent like in college. You're talking about middle school. No, this was middle school. Mm. We'll say you, Jay. Sorry, go. No, go ahead. I'm just, I guess what, what's on my mind is how hard is it to be a young person right now in today's climate and society? Like, I, I know my experience. I know Shane's experience. But I'm curious for y'all as young men, how hard is it right now? I think it's, I think it's extremely hard. Um Cause you you definitely feel the weight, um, for sure. Um, I'm in a lot of white spaces a lot of times, where like I'm the only black person, um, and so um, that's something that definitely is in the back of my head the entire time. Um, it's something that does not go away. Um, it keeps you on your toes, uh, but it's definitely not the most comfortable feeling uh, to not feel like you you can be yourself. Um, and to, to feel like you have to conform to a certain um, standard, um, a certain idea. Um, something that I talk to um, talk to my friends a lot about is is like code switching, and like mm. whether whether it's actually wrong, or whether it, whether it is a time and a place for everything, or, or whether whether um, whether talk, whether whether it's it, it should be looked at as just just you're just speaking more professional. Um, or, or, um, or this is fitting for this setting. Um, and so, like, how, how should that be looking looked at? Like, am I, um, am I just conforming to the, their expectations? Um, why does professionalism have to be white? And why is professionalism so white? Um, and so it's just, it's just so many layers, right? That like, it, like we can unpack this all night, just about like the way we talk in certain spaces. Like when I first got on this this call, I didn't know how I was supposed to be speaking. Um, I'm speaking a lot different right now yep. than how I was speaking when I first got on the call. 
because I didn't know I got I had to be able to fill out the room first. This yeah. is what I'm saying is that we have to fill out the room first. This is something that they're not having to do. Like we have to think about all these things. Like I have to think about what I say before I do before I say it and think about what I do before I do it. Um and when I'm going in a room, um I'm constantly my eyes are open, I'm watching out and I'm 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 observing and I'm constantly on stand, you know, standby, you know, like um so yeah. Um, isn't it fair though to say that every person regardless of race color creed has to survey the room right i gotta watch the room figure out where i fit in at and then decide who am i gonna be you know that that code switch in which we can we can all relate to and i think that's important to talk about you said we can unpack it i say let's unpack it let's talk about it right I, yeah, I agree. I I, def, I definitely agree with you. I, I was going to say to your other point really quick um, before we jump on that. I was going to say it. that the um, that we all definitely, regardless of what your race or background, ethnicity, um, definitely have to survey the room for sure. The difference is is that our black boys and young men are having to survey survey the room with way deeper questions that our white peers are having to survey the room with. Um, their questions um, are, are, are questions uh, not involving um, around not being able to find somebody that look like them. Um, it's gonna be involved around um, whether they are able to find somebody that um, has, has something in common with them. Um, but we are, we, we're not even at that step yet, all right? We're, we're, we have to start with, with your step one. Step one is, do we see anybody that even is there any is there an ally in the room? Is there, is there somebody that like that 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 I can relate to that that physically looks like me? Um that I know comes from uh something that I can relate to. So mm. I don't know. I would argue that the code switching starts before we even ever have a conversation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How do I look? What am I wearing? Do I look intimidating? Absolutely. Um, uh uh what does this outfit say? Dude, um, am I too black? <laughs> you know? Dude, it is a thought, especially as you move up in the professional world. Yep. I have to code switch more and more. Like, yep. even on casual Friday, casual Friday for me ain't the same as, you know, some of my white counterparts in terms of what is considered okay for me to dress. And And here's the key part that, at least for me, who determines what's okay for me to wear on casual Friday? Mm, well, exactly. a lot of times in my experience, right. it was if I wear a certain thing, let's say I wanted to put on a, a fitted cap, not a ball cap, a fitted cap. I wanted to put on some jeans that are a little baggy. I have more of a urban look. Do people say something to me? Which in turn is the subliminal message of, okay, that's not okay for you to wear. But yet some of my counterparts have on something just as casual Nobody says a word to them, at least not that I'm aware of, right? And so for, for me, that's like you said, it, it happens before the conversation even starts. And that's the most frustrating part about it is like, am I safe? And I say that meaning I had to, I felt like I had to present a, I'm not intimidating presence in order to get hired. Mm-hmm. And I just, I think that that's the reality that people don't understand or realize goes on. 
you and my smile. Friend. We got to smile more. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. have to be friendly. Show your be hands. Be a little more. Be a little more open. You know. Show your your yeah, like show your hands. And... I t- I attended a webinar. They the speaker did this exercise. The speaker said, "We're gonna we're gonna do this from two perspectives: a black experience and a white experience." I'm talking to the the black the people who live in the black experience. I want you to think about a time when you made a decision or you took an action to make a white person feel comfortable. Example: um, you see a white person coming, you might cross the street or go you know uh, out of their path so that they don't feel threatened by you. Um, I thought about when she when she said this. I immediately went to I knocked on my neighbor's door and. I was standing at the door and I put my hands behind my back and immediately I caught myself and pulled them back forward. Like, nope, they come into the door. I need them to see my hands that I'm not a threat, right? She said, think about a time when you did it. She said, now, other side of it, as a white person, think about from the white perspective, you're invited to one of your black coworkers' wedding reception. And when you get there, you're the only white person there in the room. Imagine being the only white person in the room including the staff. Nobody there is white but you. Imagine what that might feel like. When she recapped the exercise, she said, did anybody catch my language? I said that if you're black, think about a time when you actually did this. And I said, if you're white, imagine having to do this. That's the difference in trying to create racial equality. That's what exists. I thought that that was so profound in terms of the reality of the world that we live in and how they can be so different. I'm curious for you, you guys, the young, young gentlemen, what do you all think needs to happen in order for, for change to really happen, for, for things to actually get better? What do we need to do? Because I think your generation has the answers and I think your generation is willing to put in the work that other generations, including my own, decided not to have that conversation start with the conversation but with who 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 has that conversation where does it where does it begin where does it need to end i think between uh, anybody i think uh i know a lot of white people and black people we we, we have two different worlds so we have different perspectives on things or just we do th- i mean there's people in general no matter what i mean races or how they have different cultural um, things and we do things different. We all do things differently. Um, I think it starts with that conversation to where we should be able to uh, talk things out as far as um, getting people to understand what re- like what it really feels like to be a black male. Because I think white people they don't they don't see that because they're not in that they don't see that because they're not in that world mm-hmm. and if they're not if they're if they're not um in that world then they won't understand so i think uh they're i think they're curious i think they they want to talk about it but they're they might be afraid am i gonna come off wrong am i gonna say the wrong thing like um i think i i don't know i think a conversation could start though mm-hmm I think I, I do think that uh, a lot of these companies do need to implement like educative pe- education, educational pieces on uh, diversity 
and just how to uh, come together as people and be able to coexist without being so judgmental. Um, I think people get so caught up in just doing things the way they are. They don't, they don't have empathy for others. Yeah. You know, they're not worried about the next man because it goes back to selfishness. You know, we're worried about I, 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 me, me, me. Yeah. 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 I agree. I agree. Yeah, I agree with Mario. I think we definitely need a change of perspective. I think one of the other things that may be key to um, really changing sort of the way things are right now would be um, first, number one, is um, getting rid of 45. And then, occupant um, of the White House. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then after we get rid of 45. He said number one. <laughs> yeah, number, number one. <laughs> number one is, is to get rid of 45. And then um, and then I think, I hope um, that, that somebody can, can do the right thing. But I think that, like, we as a community, especially as, just, as Black people, we need to start sticking together more. Um, and we need to like really refresh our perspective too, just as a people, just, um, we're so about, not only about, about me, 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 I, 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 but we're so, we're so about like right now and nobody's thinking about the long term. Tomorrow. Nobody's thinking about tomorrow. And that's why everybody's jacked up because of COVID. But there were some people that were good and they were good because they prepared um, and so there's not enough of us that are prepared for when things don't go right. Mm-hmm. And, um, things never go how, how planned. Um, and so just with that reality, we should just shift our focus, um, and not think about like having things in 30 seconds at a time. Like I like to think that we, we live in a microwave world. Everybody yeah. wants everything in like 20 to 30, 30 seconds. And, yeah. So it's just like um, nobody wants to like wait, wait for the good, the good stuff, like um, and and nobody wants to work hard for anything. They want to just get it, get it fast. But that's why that's why young men get caught in that trap, you know, fast money. So that's interesting. It's about, it's about value. I was saying that's interesting. Because I don't, I can't speak for Vic. A lot of ways, that's how we view this generation as a whole. Like the microwave generation wanting it quick and fast. But listening to you guys speak, y'all sound far more conscious and aware than I was at your age. That I mean, that that, that we were at your age. So it's it's kind of weird the juxtaposition of where y'all are and who y'all are and the viewpoints that you guys have, if that makes sense. Man, I had no perspective on society and the climate when I was their age. Uh, Mario, I know is 21. Joe, how old are you? 21. 21. Race, religion, excuse me. Race relationships, Vic, were different for us at this age. It was more, yes, it was more hidden. We knew it was there. It was more right now, Vic. It's overt. 
it's always been overt depending on where you at. Remember, I went to school in Kentucky. Okay, you went to school in Kentucky, which is probably <laughs> yeah, one of probably the yeah, yeah, yeah. Overt. But you know what the biggest thing is though? It 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 feels more overt now because of the leadership that's in I, place right now. I and think it uh, feels- Go ahead. I agree with you, and I'm sorry to cut you off. I agree and social media. Go ahead. Sorry, I had to social get media. That and was social the, media. That we, to me, we have is cameras biased. now. Exactly, because it always was there. It always existed. Overt uh, isn't transparent like we see it. Yeah, we see it more. It's it's more prevalent, right? So social media. You know, our generation is when social media started and got introduced. Right, the internet came with us, and so even with our generation stuff wasn't videotaped and put on the internet for the world to see we that ain't that ain't how we got our information we knew about the climate because of our individual experiences and having conversations with one another but it always existed this social injustice all the the murders the the mistreatment of others the stereotypes the the infrastructure that's in place all of that was always there it's just whether or not we turn a blind eye to it Social media now has made it more more visible for the world to see. That's really what it boiled down to, at least for me, because Kentucky didn't hide it. That that's 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 um, that seems right. I, I can totally agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> My freshman year, three weeks on campus, out on the stoop, we hear "Go home, nigger!" yell from the eighth floor of one of the dorms. Eighth floor. How do I know it was the eighth floor? Because we count it as we talk back and forth, telling them, don't be a coward and yell it from your room. Come down here. And so we counted the floors up, figured out what floor he, he was on. And we went up to that floor. Never came out of the room, of course. But I remember three weeks, freshman year of college. Mm. There were more experiences like that. Mm. They happened all the time. Yeah, I think I think I think um I could speak a little bit to that. Mario mentioned a little bit earlier about his experience with his friend. Similar thing happened to me in college. Um when I was the only um I was the only actual African American in my program for study abroad. So I had a classmate make a comment uh, similar to that um just saying that like basically i was an exception i wasn't the typical Mm. um but i don't know how did that make you feel in that moment um i think i was more so I think I was thrown off. A little, I was thrown off. Like, I always say, like, I don't know. I always say, like, I think that that, like, like if somebody says something directly racist to me, I think that that would, like, um, upset me. And, like, I was upset, but, like, I don't know. I was in such shock. I ended up, you know, telling the person, hey, like, like, nah, like, you know, like, that's not, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's, no, that's not the perspective that I have, like. Um, and I also explained to that person, I said, like, you're also lucky that you told that to me. Yeah. Um, and that 
I'm just in a different headspace than a lot of people that I know. Um, and they would have probably knocked your head off. Yeah. So lip slapped off his face. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, like, I'm, I'm like sparing you this one, but like, you don't, you don't want to be talking like that. And it's also just not a cool perspective. Um, there's nothing fresh about that. So I don't know. I just, I think I was, yeah, I think I was just so like thrown off though. Like, man, like that's really where we're at. Like he kind of like woke me up a tad. I'm like, man, like people really think that. Yeah. Like, like it's okay because Joe, Joe, Joe is Joe. Um, He's the exception. Oh no, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, that usually happens when we break into white spaces, though. Like when you are the minority. Yeah. It becomes the unsaid. So um, let me ask you, what do you see yourself in 10 years? There's that, that question, right? Everybody gets asked. What do you see yourself in 10? I see myself um, in 10 years. In 10 years, I see myself, what am I, 21? <laughs> 10 years, probably, I don't know, probably probably have like one kid or so and just be kicking it with my with my girl and traveling that's what I want to do travel I want to be an attorney so um yeah working on cases being stressed I love that that's dope Mario 10 years (laughs) 10 years um Quite honestly, I'm still it's still breaking it's still blowing my mind. I'm knocking in the twenties right now. It's still blowing my mind. So um I don't his know. birthday just passed a couple of days ago, so he's still under that uh twenty I'm twenty one now spell. Oh, that excitement, uh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. Have you been carded yet? Ordering a drink? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I feel it right now. He, he looked at it like, hmm, 99. He looked at it, looked down at it. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and get me together. Two years, though, I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I see big things for myself. I don't know what that might look like, but, uh, yeah, 10 years. I travel now. I mean, that's that's not going anywhere. So, uh, traveling, I, I think, though, um, in 10 years, I feel like I'll probably be well off into my career and I'll probably have like a some type of a business or I'll be well off financially because I figured the game out. Just don't know how the game's going to get figured out, but I think I'm going to figure the game out by then. Hey, I got, I got something to add. I think, I think it's, uh, I think it's safe to say, uh, in ten years, he uh, he gonna be calling me like, "Hey, let's go, let's go here, let's go there." So that's what we gonna be on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah, you got yeah. dog. Because when he tell when he tells me he going to Chicago to see my friend, and you told me you in Chicago, on. I put two and two together that you the one that he keep going to Chicago to see. The song, yeah, yeah, man. I ain't mad at that. That's what honestly, that's what Shane and I have been. You know, it's funny to see y'all two now. That's that's who we were. But Shane, th- this question is for you. 
remember being 21, being asked that question and the, the perspective you had then about where you saw yourself 10 years from then, how right or how wrong were you? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I wasn't even close. Me either. I, 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 <laughs> I wasn't even close. And you know, I I was I was gonna be pessimistic or kind of jokingly tell y'all whatever plans y'all got, rip them up. <laughs> if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. But no, yeah. it's it's important to have um it's important to have goals and important to have something to strive for. Um yeah, but to answer your question, yeah, I wasn't I'm not I'm not even close. And I, I started jotting down as I asked them, I started jotting down my 10-year plan. And, and thinking about where I wanted to be and how I wanted to get there. And what I wanted to ask y'all, um, because you have a moment, what, are, what, what questions do you have? Like, we have y'all by 15 years probably. Yeah, 15 years. Um, so, like, if, if you could, you know, ask a question, which, Mari, I know you have access to Vic all the time. Jay, I'm not sure, you know, how your life is set up and who you have. But if you could ask a question of us or of a generation in front of you, what would that be? Yeah, I think, uh, I think something at some point, well, hopefully this happens for, for, for every man, but I think at some point, like in a man's life, especially if you like trying to take care of your priorities and um, be an example for your family and things, um, you begin to like have a hierarchy for, for, for certain things for like, disposing your energy in certain certain places and giving too much energy to certain things and um i've noticed that like certain things just don't bother me no more that used to bother me like it just you know it just kind of rolled off my shoulder and like what i can't control i don't worry about um and and it's just like i've noticed that my perspective especially coming to college like as a college freshman oh my goodness like i like i just want to like jack myself up like i thought i was like i thought i was on track then you know what I mean? Like, what I know now, like, I wish I would know then. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I, I just, like, I've noticed that my perspective has changed. And, like, I've, I've gotten to a point where, like, um, like I, I don't take certain things personal. And, like, I just, you know, like, I, I just walk with a different, like, a different a different wave when it comes to, like, just, like, my energy in certain spaces and certain certain things. Like, and just, like, not giving too, too much of myself um and like you know what i'm saying i don't know just like not spreading myself thin just just there's a whole yeah. bunch of like different things that comes with just like being responsible as a man yeah um and like just talking about i guess just speak to like maybe how you've like learned to like um dispose your energy um in the proper places and like uh in order to, in order to stay on track as a man and keep your keep your word be a, be a man of your word um and also um be the man you want to be and also be the man uh, you want to be for your family and for those that are dependent on you that mm-hmm. you provide for. So I guess if that makes sense, I know it's kind of all over the place. No, I, I, I get it. Um, I think you, you are already, you already are doing the things that will give you that perspective, which is your, your perspective has changed and you've welcomed um, that evolution in your perspective and where you prioritize and disperse your energy as your life changes, your priorities will change. When I was single, I had single person priorities. 
But once I became a man who was committed to a woman and committed to children, what was important to me changed. Um, I used to, I used to drink. I don't drink. And Mario is a reason for that. He, his observation of um, one time at Thanksgiving um, saying, Hey, you know, aren't you going to get a drink? And he was referring to me sharing a drink with, with my brother-in-law for Thanksgiving reminded me or woke me up that, you know, my, my son, a man, future man pays attention to what I do. Even something as innocent as having a drink. And so that told me, okay, you need to change things up because what I didn't want was I didn't want him thinking that a man drinks because you're a man. If you do it, it's a choice, but understand the consequences that come with it. And so in terms of how trying to figure out how to disperse your energy, I think you have to start with first, what do you care about most? What do you care yeah. about most in life? And start there. And as you commit yourself to those things that you care about, be cautious of new things being introduced, trying to steal that energy away from those things you care about. You literally took one of the stuff of one of the things off my page. I wrote down, commit to what you want and understand that it's a process. Mm -hmm. what, was, what, what, what was important to me at 21 was not important at 25 and is definitely not important at 36. So you have to understand and you have to understand that it happens in waves. It happens mm -hmm. when it's supposed to happen, but you also have to be accepting to allow it to happen as it's happening. Yeah. Our show is called Purpose Addicts. I can tell you for sure I didn't discover what my purpose was until after 30. Facts. And I thought I knew. And I it's still and it's still evolving. That's the beauty yeah. of it. It's still yeah. it's still evolving. So it, it's it's very much so the journey, but it, it just starts with committing to what you want. And when I say committing to what you want, I very much so mean committing to what you want, the goals and the dreams in that moment, because it, 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 it will change. And just be be willing to ride that wave. Yeah. What else, if anything else, if you can get a peek into the future and want to know what it's going to be like, what might you want to know? And Mario, I know we talk a lot, but um, for you, it would be talking with your Uncle Shane and getting his perspective on some of the same stuff that we've talked about. So I know y'all were younger one point in time, once upon a time. Hey, don't make it sound that long ago, partner. <laughs> <laughs> Watch it. Watch it. <laughs> um, the, I know y'all, when y'all probably, probably were young, y'all had like uh, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch, and a bunch of ideas of, just like you were saying, like, from what I thought I was going to be in 10 years, it didn't pan out that way. Um, like, what? How do you figure out and narrow what what it is that you should stay? Like, when should you stay in something and when should you quit? Um, quitting is not an option. I think the the word is when is to move on. Mm -hmm. Um, but the 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 when to stay, finding out what you're doing, where you want to go. I had this thing that I came up with this week, and I have it on a board in my room. And it's like, pick a hill that you're willing to die on. 
And when I say pick a hill that's willing to die on, it's kind of like what I told Jay earlier, what we were talking about in the last conversation. Find something that you want. And once you commit to that thing, you go after it wholeheartedly without reservation. But the caveat is allow yourself the flexibility that if you decide as though you want to switch courses or if opportunities open up for you that allows you to switch course, that you're open-minded to go and take that route. You see what I'm saying? Like you, you don't have, like if you had all the answers and could write it the way you exactly wanted it to be, you'd be God. But none of us have that luxury of being the big guy upstairs. So like, we're just servants and vessels and we just have to make it work to the best of our ability. So you commit and you go after it like it it's everything but just be open to the uh the detours and the setbacks and the successes and 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 be willing to ride with that if that makes sense yeah i can i add to that um as a as i got older as a man and gained a little bit more perspective and in pursuing my own passions and desires, I had to then be conscious of who else I was responsible for and how my pursuit of my own passions impacted them, both positively and negatively. Because sometimes we can get blinders on that, hey, I'm, I'm chasing me, I'm doing me, right? And I'm going wholeheartedly. So it's got to be good. It must be good. But what you're missing is how the lack of time you're giving to your spouse, your kids, your family, you know, uh, who may need you a little bit more and need you to sacrifice um, or not sacrifice, but reinvest some of your time and disperse it, you know, in them. Um, so be conscious of the people that your, your passionate pursuit impacts. We always end every episode with a quote. So here's a quote that I think is fitting for the conversation today. It says, and I got it from one of my favorite uh, Christian artists, Andy Minio. He says, success is not complicated, it's just costly. Success is not complicated, it's just costly. How does that resonate with y'all? College is an investment. College is an investment. Education is an investment. Um, I think. I think also on top of that, just the, to flip it, it definitely is costly. But um, if you do it the right way, you can take you can cover that cost. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so um, it could work for itself. Mm-hmm. Mario, thoughts on that quote? Success is not complicated, it's just costly. This uh, kind of reminds me of like, it's, it's easy to say what you want. You know, people talk all day about what they do, what they want. But people listen to really what you want, what you do. And it's harder to actually get it done because it takes time and it takes dedication and it takes um, consistent consistent work. Mm-hmm. And that's the cost for real. 
absolutely. Hey, y'all heard it from from two definitely intelligent young men who are well on their way to achieving, unlocking, and discovering their own purpose. Fellas, I, I appreciate you rocking with us on the show. Uh, to our listeners, thank you as always. We love you. If you haven't already, go subscribe, like, share the show. Purpose Addicts, we out. I'm winning for